Blog Talk Radio. Hey guys, this is Brett Claywell, and you're listening to Brandon's Buzz. This is Linda Dano. I'm on Brandon's Buzz, and I have to tell you, what a fun hour I just had. Ah, this is a great kid with a wonderful heart and soul. You listen every day. I know I will. Hi, this is Beth Maitland. And this is Joel Brooks. And we're on Brandon's Buzz. We're buzzing with Brandon. We are. We're buzzing with Brandon. So tune hey, in. Hey, this is Nicholas Rodriguez. You are listening to Brandon's Buzz. Be prepared to laugh. You're going to have a good time. Hey, hey, this is Nia Peoples, and you are checking out Brandon's Buzz right now. This is Pamela K. Long, and I am buzzing with Brandon. And I can tell you that it's some of the most fun that you'll have. So you need to tune this in. This is Gloria Loring, and I've just been buzzed by Brandon, and I gave Brandon some buzz. This is Maya Bialik, and you are lucky enough to be listening to Brandon's Buzz. Hey guys, welcome back to Brandon's Buzz. I am Brandon. It's Tuesday, December 8th, 2009. It's uh, 10 p.m. back east. It's 7 p.m. out in the west. It's 9 p.m. here in Texas. And I've got a great guy on the phone tonight. You know, I usually tell you how to find the show, and I'll do all that at the end because I've got a terrific man on the phone, and I just want to dive right into this guy's story. You know, my guest tonight, I'll bet that he wants me to call him anything other than a one-life-to-live veteran, but that's precisely what he is. Having spent a good measure of the past 11 years portraying true blue good guy Christian Vega on the classic ABC soap. He is among the most tenured members of that cast. And with his slow-burning romance with lovely Layla Williamson finally heating to a boil this month, he remains a favorite of millions of soap fans worldwide. And he's come by the buzz tonight to discuss his life, his career, and his amazing run on one of America's favorite daytime dramas. You know, I've been a huge fan of this guy since day one, and it's a great thrill and a huge honor. So welcome to my show tonight, The Dazzling, The Dynamite, David Fumero. <laughs> Damn, what an introduction, huh? Thank you, man. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing, sir? I'm doing really good, thank you. So uh, let's get the you know the boring stuff out of the way first. Give me the 60 second bio on David Fumero. Where were you born? Where were you raised? Where did you go to school? Well, I was I was born in Cuba. Came to this country when I was eight years old. Spent some time in Miami, then Jersey, and went back to Miami. Most of my teenage years were in Miami, and I've been in New York ever since I was 20 years old. Wow, I'm 36 now, so I've been on the East Coast uh, longer than I've been down south. Gotcha. Do you remember anything about Cuba at all? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember my neighborhood a little bit. I remember the beaches. Um, I had family that lived close to the beach, I think, because I was I was there a lot. It just didn't, just like any distant memory, just like memories that I had here in the United States uh, when I was younger. You know, we Americans, and I, I've never been there. I, you know, all I know is kind of perception. But the perception that we have is that it's. It can be a little bit of a ramshackle place, you know, people living in shacks and, you know, kind of uh, poor villages and stuff. But, uh, you know, Havana and some of the cities are, are fairly metropolitan places. Yeah, well, Havana, uh, before the revolution, uh, was, you know, very prosperous. And it was, was kind of like the uh, um, the spot in the Caribbean. And, um, you know, of course, uh, we had the revolution. uh the Castro came over with his uh, socialist ideas and uh, brought communism, and it obviously didn't work. I don't know why he's lasted so long, but you know that this just a, this is an example that that kind of uh, government does not work. People have uh, ambitions; we want to be uh-huh. free to do whatever we want to do. Absolutely. And, uh, socialism is not an incentive to do anything. So, 
And I, I don't want to get too personal here, but is that why you guys left? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we left like most, you know, other Cubans uh, left the island. Uh, my dad was political political prisoner in Cuba. In oh wow! His late late teens, and um, he'd been asking to leave the country, and we had uh, we got visas to come here with green cards and all. It was we we came a little bit before the boat lift. I don't know if you're familiar with that. 1980. You know, I'm not. Did you see Scarface? <laughs> yes. Yeah. This, well, at the beginning of the movie kind of shows exactly what happened in the okay. uh, early 80s in, in Miami. I think before that, you know, there were certain Cubans that uh, were allowed in the country, political prisoners uh, were allowed in the country with uh, visas and, and uh, green cards. I think it was Carter that uh, said something like, you know, we should welcome them all and Fidel took the liberty of not only letting whoever wanted to leave out, but also dumping all the prisons and, and insane asylums and um, every crazy person in Cuba uh, on boats. Oh, wow. Yeah. Very evil man. <laughs> My God. Tell me what you remember of your, I don't know, kind of your transition into this country. Do you, do you remember much about, in terms of, you know, comparing and contrasting and culture shock and all that? I mean, was it, was it a big culture shock for you? It was at the beginning, uh, mostly in Miami. Uh, Miami was a culture shock. Uh, you know, I look at uh, 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 films now from the early 80s. I just saw a film the other day called uh, Cocaine Cowboys. Okay. Um, and it's it's a bit of like uh, the, the the drug wars and how uh, very, very, very interesting uh, documentary. And, uh, you know, I started kind of trying to picture what it was like when I was there because I was there in, uh, I believe, uh, yeah, it was 80s, 1980 when we came over. I, I saw why it was such a culture shock, you know. But then when I moved, we moved. We were in, in Miami, I think, for like three, four months. Uh, we spent the summer there, and then we came to Jersey, uh, late uh, 1980. And uh, when I got here, it was, um, you know, besides not speaking the language, you know, I, I loved it. Uh, talk about picking up the language. Was it was it hard for you to to you know? It's so funny that we Americans think of English as an easy language, but it's actually not. It's actually very difficult. Well, I was young, and I, I don't remember actually uh, learning it, but I do remember not speaking it. It was like, uh, it's like I remember not understanding the kids and not really uh, getting along with a lot of the kids because of the language barrier, but then I don't remember the transition. It just happened, and then I just spoke English. Wow. So. You know, I, I speak a bit of, I live in Texas. I don't know if you know that or not, but uh, I speak a, a fair bit of Spanish, and, you know, once once you get all the conjugation rules down and, you know, all the dopey little rules down, Spanish is actually a pretty easy language to pick up, and and I've been told that things like French and German are, are also easy to pick up and much easier than English is to pick up. Well, German maybe for an English-speaking person. French, I, uh, I, I, I could say yes. If you speak Spanish, French would be probably easy to pick up. I mean, no language is easy to me, but, you know, just uh, with repetition, I'm sure, it, you know, for sure. a Spanish-speaking person, it would be easy to learn. I, I speak a little bit. I lived there for, for uh, about two years. Didn't really care too much to learn the language. Um, I kind of regret that now. But uh, whatever, you know, just living there and 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 just picking things up in the street or with friends, my French friends and all that, I uh -huh. I, I picked up a lot. You know, I, I, when you're when you're talking about total immersion like that, I mean, it's it's impossible not to pick up a few things. No, exactly. Yeah. Survival. You know. <laughs> Absolutely. You gotta, you gotta survive. <laughs> so, uh, talk about your young life. Did you always know you wanted to be an actor, or was it something you kind of fell into? Where, where were you headed? when you were, uh, you know, an adolescent dreaming of, you know, the future? Well, um, I'd, I'd uh, go before my teenage years. Uh, when I was in Jersey, I, I was involved in the arts a lot. 
Uh, I was in a glee club, and we did like uh, kind of like talent shows every year. And I remember one year I did the uh, I did a Vita, and I was one of the guys in the uh, in the uh, crowd. And then uh, the next year we did Copacabana, and I was Tony the bartender. Wow! So you know I really got involved in Jersey. But then when I moved to Miami when I was 12 years old, uh, you know at least where I lived in Miami there was the arts weren't that popular. Uh-huh. I think it's more of a northeast thing. Um, okay. Like you can hear in Jersey, New York, it's all about the arts. Uh, down there, it, 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 it just wasn't around me. And um, I kind of didn't even think about it. I was really interested when I, when I was younger, but then, you know, your change of environment kind of changes uh, your ambitions. I actually wanted to become an architect. That was my, uh, I went to school for that. Oh, wow. okay. Start started going to school for that. So did so did your co-star, Brett Claywell, incidentally. I had him in here a couple months ago, and he was talking about how he got a degree in architecture, and then when he graduated, he decided he wanted to be an actor, so he started delivering pieces and, you know, uh, traveling down the actor's road. Yeah, yeah, he told me. I, he, I, I just learned that from him, like, a couple of weeks ago. Wow. I know. It's pretty cool. Yeah, but I, I can't imagine myself in an office uh, <laughs> drawing. I mean, creatively, it's I, I love it. I still I, I like to design. I like to paint a little bit and all that, but... um. Uh, I can't imagine myself just not moving around. Gotcha. So then this just kind of happened, you know. I just kind of, you know, I, I did the, I got involved in modeling uh, because uh, when I was going to school, I had a few jobs and money was tight, and my girlfriend at the time kind of talked me into doing this, and and I kind of tried it out to say, why not? You know, I can make some extra money, and that kind of took off, and it got me traveling. And I ended up leaving school because of it, and and then there was nothing else to do. I was bored, and I started <laughs> taking acting classes. And when I moved to Europe, I got in a class there, and I studied there the most. And, uh, you know, one life just kind of happens. You know, in, in reading up on you, I also uh, learned that you spent a little bit of time in the Marine Corps. Yeah, I was in the Marine Corps right after uh, high school. I was 17, and it, it's, it, that's a crazy story because I wanted to – I didn't know what, to, what I wanted to do, so I wanted to go in the Corps. And I was 17 at the time, so I couldn't, I couldn't enlist unless, uh, because I wasn't 18 yet, so I had to get my mom to sign and uh, she would only sign if I signed uh, as a reservist. Okay. So she signed these papers, and I went in, and uh, I was in for, I went through boot camp. I got hurt in boot camp, fractured my ankle. Um, wow. I went back to the island, Paris Island, to rehabilitate, and then my ankle was just all twisted up, and uh, I ended up spending like another seven months there. And then I got a medical discharge and came home. I, I kind of, I never really served, okay. you know. I mean, I, I did boot camp. And then I went back. I, I mean, I passed all my tests in boot camp, and then I went back. But I couldn't go to my school of infantry or my MOS because of my leg. So that took a while. I was in during Desert Storm. And uh, I remember uh, my recruiter calling me and telling me, uh, you know, your unit's out there, you know, get pumped up. And, <laughs> and you know, as Marines, we're all gun-ho. But, sure. you know, I was a kid. I was also scared. Yeah. So everything kind of... That was so fast. I, I mean, I, I, I remember experiences, but it was such, it was an experience that I'm, I'm glad I have. But it, it was like a, it was like in a flash. Wow. <laughs> I went in the corn before you know it. I was home. Sure. So I never really served. I did boot camp, but I never really like served my country beyond that. If you hadn't gotten hurt, would that have ended up being your life, or would you have maybe just served your time and, and walked away into something else? Um, I don't know if I can answer that. I mean, doing what I what I'm doing right now, I I, I could never have said that I'd be in this exactly in, in these shoes right now. <laughs> exactly. Um, I loved it. You know, I I love the training. I I love the mentality. Who knows? 
You know, I mean, I, I was with the way I enlisted. I was supposed to come back home, and then I was a reservist. I wasn't gonna okay. do full duty. But my plans were to eventually uh, get through boot camp and all that, and then I turn 18 and I could do whatever I wanted, and then uh-huh. enlist for four years. And who knows what that would have taken? Life just didn't want me to stay in. <laughs> you know. Sure. Considering how how things have shaken out militarily for our country over the past several years, do you ever think about what could have been? Yeah, but you know what? Even if I would have stayed in, even if I would have re-enlisted and stayed in, uh, Desert Storm was really fast. Sure, yeah. So I, I, I yeah, I probably, you know, and being in the Corps and and being part of of this, you know, guys from all over the place in the country, and you know, you develop a really strong camaraderie. Even though you're you're a kid, because I was what 18, and mm-hmm. and we were all scared. We were also you know we also wanted to be there for each other, you know. And and if one left, you know, the other one wanted to, you know. I, at least that's sort of how I felt then. You know, we were we were really close, so we yeah. were gonna try to stick with each other. I, I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? If I would have stayed in and spent four years in there, uh, maybe I would have left. Maybe I would have made it a, a career. I, I I don't know how to answer that. Maybe I would have acted for the Marine Corps. <laughs> I doubt they have a department, uh, you know, theatrical department. <laughs> well, you know, you ended up acting on a much bigger stage, and and things worked out the way they were supposed to. So, yeah, life is very funny. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm sure you've been asked about this a hundred million times, but the first thing that really brought you a lot of public attention was the, uh, at least to my eye, was the Mariah Carey video you you did in in 1997 uh, for a song called Honey. Yeah. And, you know, not to say that she's not still immensely popular, but at that time, you know, she was at the absolute height of her fame and stardom. Was that a cool experience for you? Yeah, it was a great experience. And, and you know, Mariah Carey, it was my first, I guess, working with, uh, with that big of a celebrity. And uh, it was just like a normal experience. She was and just nicest person ever. And her whole crew, was they were all extremely cool. Did you have a lot of personal interaction with her? Yeah, I mean, we, 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 yeah, they're on set, and um, I, I went to the uh, MTV Awards with them after that. Oh, wow, um, okay. It's a cool experience. I'll tell you what, I've got a little birdie that wants to say hi to you, if you don't mind. Sure. Area code 954, are you on the line? I'm well, here. Well, hello, my friends. How are we? We're doing well. Cool. How are you, darling? I'm fine. I had to call in and say hi to my two friends here, my buddy David. I'm so glad that you called Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> You did threaten me, so I had to. <laughs> you know, I had to bring the Yonkers out to get it out there. No, I just wanted to stop in and say hi, and I listen. I'm trying to stay awake before I have to go pick up my kid from track. And there's nothing better but listening to a David Fumero interview since they're so rare. <laughs> well, I'm going to let Brandon get back to his genius questions that he does. And I just had to do the whole David Fumero is so hot, cute thing. You're too pretty to be in the office. You're too pretty to be in the friggin' Marines. Keep your ass right on television where it belongs <laughs> so everyone can stare at you. All right, guys, I'll talk to you soon. Brandon, keep me on the line because I'm listening until I get my phone call. Gotcha, okay. All right. Take care. Stay, stay warm up there. Oh, please. <laughs> I love her. She's the best. Yes, yeah, she is. Talk to me about One Life. How did this come to you? Uh, did you have any sense of soap operas at all before you joined this show? No. Um, that was my first acting gig ever. I mean, I I, I did, uh, I've done a lot of commercials in Europe, just little things, you know, I mean, stage stuff in, 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 in school. But I never, like, worked in front of the camera. We did work in class in front of the camera one time. 
But one life was was the beginning was very hard, very tough, very you know, fifty pages, take your clothes off and go. You know? And then it was so fast and just people moving and everybody there, you know, they've been there for years and years and they know exactly where they're going and here comes this guy who Absolutely and, and, you know, my, my first language is Spanish, and I do speak English, but I spent two years in Paris, and I rarely came back here. So, you know, my, my English was so bad, I, oh, I, was, wow. I was speaking with a little bit of a French accent, you know, cool. Instead of cool, I would say cool, and things <laughs> like that. So, so it, was a, it was a bit of a mind, you know, not to say the word, but it was just bad. <laughs> you can say it, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it was a bit of a mind fuck. Excuse yeah, me. gotcha. <laughs> That's right. We're on the internet. We can say whatever we want. Absolutely. There are no rules. <laughs> I got a dirty mouth, but you know, unfortunately, <laughs> it's the way the way. I am. But it was hard. It was really hard. It took a long time. Like I could say, easily a couple of years to really get the hang of it. And at the same time, you know, I knew I knew what I could do. I knew what I'd done. I went from you know working on something and rehearsing the hell out of it to you do it to you know here's 50 pages. Uh, we're going to do this next week. Absolutely, well, and then after, the, and then the next that's for Monday. The next day you got another thirty, and the next another forty. And, and by the way, you better do it in one take. <laughs> yeah, man, it was. It was it, I mean, listen, I, I, you, I don't blame these guys. They're they're used to you know it, that's the way the business is. That's the way daytime is. Is you got to kind of pump things out. Sometimes we get people in that are in for like an under five or or just a few days that have uh-huh. never done soap before and. You know, they do so much better than I did. <laughs> so I always try to tell them, dude, you don't know. You're doing amazing right now. <laughs> Let me tell you something. When I started here, <laughs> so, it, but it, but you can see the fear, you know, that I felt in every inch of my body, you know. Absolutely. It was terrible. It was terrible. I wanted to quit. I wanted to quit Aww. so bad. I didn't, yeah, I was just, I wasn't used to it, but, you know. Uh, who took you under their wing? I'm, I mean, I'm sure Aaron helped you immensely. Aaron, Aaron. Aaron was, was, uh was everything she she helped me out a lot and she was so she'd been doing this since she was young and sure so easy for her and she literally so relaxed so yeah yeah yeah. she was like the only uh um relaxed mind on that set when we were working because everybody started getting as tense as i was because i had to do things over and over again it's like i locked up (laughs) terrible it was terrible you know what's what's great about you is that no matter what crazy situation they hurl Christian into, and and you know over the years you've been in some some batshit crazy scenarios, whether it's languishing in a Colombian jail or right. being a brainwashed program killer or being the unwitting star of an adult website. You know, no no matter what they put you in, you just commit to it 100 percent and play it. Like, do you have a do you have a favorite storyline from over the years? Do you have a favorite I don't know sequence or or you know story? You know, I I like playing the angry stuff. I like playing the uh, the drama because you're, you're in daytime, so you, let's get some drama. But you know, I've had a lot of fun with this last story uh, with uh, Kyle and Fish. That was fun. Absolutely, uh, they, they wrote that well, and and it was a cool uh, cool group I was working with. So I don't really have a favorite one. I mean, I, I liked the the whole jail thing. I got to work with John a lot. Uh, John Michael Easton. <laughs> You know that that the whole cop guns that's blow things uh-huh. up. You know the stunts. I, I loved all that. So I, I'd probably say all the stunts and action stuff. Excellent, of course. Being yeah. a marine, after all. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm a guy. I'm a boy. You know, <laughs> I, I like to have fun, man. <laughs> I I I, I want to be a, a a boy for the rest of my life. You know, <laughs> shoot guns, run around. Sure. <laughs> 
you know, that's just fun. <laughs> that's why I act. I mean, acting is great, drama is great, and all that. But you know, essentially, we just want to be kids. <laughs> I'm sure. You know, the other great thing about you, and I'm fascinated by it, is that, to my eye anyway, and and I don't think I'm alone, but you literally have chemistry with everybody you work with. You know, that magic word chemistry. It's it's such a crucial ingredient in any film medium, but especially in soap opera because it's, you know, it's five days a week, an hour a day, and you have to click with your scene partner or else it's it's just going to destroy the story being told because it's every day. Oh, thank you, man. I appreciate that. Yeah. That's, that's a good thing. You know, chemistry that's with, your, with your co-stars, is, is that something you, you consciously work toward building or is it just something that you're lucky enough to have happen with every single person you work with? Well, I think that's just me. You know, I'm a people person. I mean, I'm shy, but if I'm... I don't want to say forced to deal with someone. I, I deal with them as, as as best I can. I just yeah, I just get along with people. I guess <laughs> sometimes I don't know. That's just that's just my personality. And and uh, in acting, you know, it's usually uh, um, an ensemble that makes things work. Mm-hmm. And especially in on, the in the medium you're in. Right. Yeah. And when I'm on set with other actors, it's all it's about us. You know, it's, it's about me. So I give as much as I can. To help them, and and when you do that, you you get a lot back. So, does it bother you sometimes when when the show seems to let your character's history kind of fall by the wayside? Sometimes, I mean, you know, I, I'd wager that most of the newer fans don't have any idea that you and Natalie were madly in love once upon a time, and that you were Jessica's first love. And you know, that's bound to happen with such a large canvas of characters to to, to work with. But you know, for a show that continually honors its history with such painstaking precision. It bothers me sometimes that that Christian doesn't get to mix it up even on a cursory level with with people from his past. Yeah, Christian is uh, Christian doesn't Christian kind of is a little isolated. You know, he just hangs around Angel Square and maybe takes a car to uh, land fair once in a while. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it 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 does because you know there's a lot of great actors uh, on that show that I'd like to work with. Sure. And, and you know the great thing about you is you've got to mix it up with everybody over your over the course of your time there. I mean, you've worked with the Buchanans, you've worked with Vicky and her bunch, you've worked with yeah. you know everybody. You've worked with everybody on that show. Well, yeah, yeah. And, but every time I get to work with like someone that I really admire, it, it kind of goes away. Right? You know, it doesn't happen for long. I get like a day or something. You know, it it just, it, it is what it is. You know, I, I kind of just go with the flow. My job is to you know, do the best that I can with what I'm given, and I don't get to make all those decisions. Absolutely. You know, I just kind of go with the flow, you know. You know, I, I I always thought that one of the great missed opportunities on this show was, was Christian's dalliance with Blair. You and you and Cassie always work so well yeah. off of each other, and, you know, you bring out a tender side of Blair that nobody else on that canvas really seems to, and I always thought you two would be fabulous together. Yeah, we always talk about that, you know. We kind of miss each other working Working together. I mean, I mean, I don't see her that that often anymore. But when I when war, or I don't work with her that much anymore. But when we do, it's like, why don't they write stuff for us? You know, she always <laughs> says that, and I agree. You know, we should. It, it would be great. But you know, what's funny is that that Christian and Blair have always kind of had a connection, even going back before you played him. You know, some of the newer fans probably don't have any idea, but when Blair first got together with Todd and had a miscarriage, it was Christian who found her on the docks and got her to the hospital. All right. Was that was that me or was that? Uh, no, that the, wasn't the, you. That was that was the actor before. Okay. <laughs> I was gonna say I don't remember that. But yeah, I mean, but, even yeah. when oh, even right when on. Chris was a teenager, he and he and Blair still had that connection. So it's, it, you know, it's always a nice bit of history whenever they come back together and and share scenes. Yeah, I, I wish they did. You know, I, I'd love working with Blair. And and a few times they kind of hinted like we were, but then it, it would just die. So uh-huh. I don't I don't really know. 
you know, you mentioned you mentioned the Kiss storyline. You have recently endeared endeared yourself, and I shouldn't really say you because you know they write the lines and you say them. But Christian, and by extension, you really kind of made yourself a new hero among this show's growing gay audience with the the very admirable way that you stood beside Oliver during his recent struggles with coming out. You know, you did some you did some stellar supporting work in that storyline, and the great thing about it was that on the surface. Christian's unconditional support and friendship for Oliver seemed very surprising because, you know, the fact that Oliver was hurting Layla and, you know, the mere fact of Christian's background and raising, which historically has never exactly lent itself to, you know, kind of embracing the idea of homosexuality. Right, yeah, you know, I, when, when that whole, the whole thing started, I wasn't really sure where, where it was going to go. Um, I was kind of hoping it went the way it did because, you know, I have a lot of gay friends. I have a, a really close friend who's engaged now. He's gay and... And it's such a ridiculous uh, issue going on in this country right now because it, it, I just don't believe in it. I, I was glad they wrote Christian the way they did because that's what I believe in. And and it's just this is we, we got to grow up in this country, you know. I mean, these are we have way more important issues than than to just it's it's, it's like taking freedom away. You know, what are we about? We're a country about you know we're about freedom. Let people. Just live their lives. Let let them experience their free will. And I just don't understand. I mean, I, I, I get the whole religious thing. You know, I'm a, I grew up Catholic, Christian. You know, I believe in Christ. I believe in, in Buddhism. I believe in, in, in many forms of spirituality as, as long as it serves the good purpose. You know, we're there for each other and 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 we work towards the greater good. And I don't know what the, what, what the issue is, but if it's religious... If it's a religious issue, it's it's just ridiculous because you know religion teaches freedom, free will. That's the first thing that God gives us, sure. free will. We should be able to do whatever we want with our lives. You know, we choose the wrong path, we got to suffer the consequences. That's why there's law. But to to forbid uh, people that love each other to spend the rest of their lives or just have equality, just like uh, uh, straight people do, is it's just ridiculous. It's it shouldn't it shouldn't even be an issue. You know, I would wager that you, coming from the world of, of modeling and performing, had to get comfortable with the idea of homosexuality at a pretty early age. And, and I would also wager that Christian, coming from the art world, you know, that probably opened his eyes to the idea that love can take many forms and probably forced him to get comfortable with it, you know, at a very early age as well. And, and that's why he ended up being so comfortable with Oliver and, you know, being so great with him. You know, I grew up in a very religious home. Um, not very religious, but very Catholic home, like kind of like Christian. But, you know, I grew up in the church, and uh -huh. I was an altar boy, and I, and I was part of a youth group. And, and it's a beautiful thing, man. It's, uh, it's, it's just all about love. So I think that Christian, you know, also uh, Kalada, she raised Christians to be a good person, you know, to not judge, to uh, kind of uh, just accept people for what they are. And I think that's where it came from, too, you know. Absolutely. I had Brett in here a couple of months ago, and I've reached out to Scott. How great are those guys to work with? They're fun. They're a lot of fun. We laugh, we, we laugh a lot. I mean, I've worked with Scott a lot more than uh, Brett. Yeah. But uh, Scott and I sometimes, I mean, we've had one or two days where we just, it's just hard to keep a straight face, you know. <laughs> you and Scott are hilarious together, and, and Christian and Oliver have such a great, great, true, genuine friendship with each other. I mean, it's it's really amazing to see. You don't really see two guys having a friendship on soaps, because that's not what soaps are about mainly and typically but you know it, it's fun to see it whenever it does happen yeah which is why I, I don't understand why they don't write it you know I mean I, I think it, uh, it it's, a, it's a different dynamic and I think it will add to any story Absolutely. Um, it's a different texture it's a different yeah 
Yeah, and, and you know, I, I don't know. I mean, there's, there's a certain template that they use for soap operas that a lot of the times, I, I don't know what it is, if, if they're afraid to go anywhere outside the, the box because uh, it's, it's not going to be received well. But, you know, most of the time I think they underestimate the audience. Absolutely. You know? People that watch uh, daytime also watch primetime so, and also watch film and also watch – it's just entertainment. I think um, it'd be cool if it just kind of, if there was no genre, if it just kind of broke to simple storytelling, you know? <laughs> From your mouth to whomever's ear. Right. Well, I hope it's not my writer listening, because uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's very good. <laughs> <laughs> so, f- forgive me for bringing up the, not the easiest subject, and, you know, whatever you want to say about it's fine, and whatever you don't want to say about it is equally fine, but for you personally, how hard was the the Patricia Macheri situation. I mean, you know, it was a shock to all of us fans, but, you know, this woman played your mother for 10 years, and, and I'm just wondering if it, was a, if it was a hard adjustment for you to just have that core acting relationship suddenly gone. Uh, professionally, yeah, it was... It, it, professionally, you know, um, you, you do what you have to do. Emotionally, I, it, 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 was, it was... I hated it, because, you know, I love Patricia. Absolutely. She's a, she's a very sweet woman, and she's... And what a fantastic you know, actress! Yeah, she's a great actress, and 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 uh, it was sad. It was sad to see, but you know, I, I don't get to make those calls. I usually try to stay away from opinions of something that, ha- that has nothing to do with me. You, know, you can't yeah. change people's minds, and everybody kind of chooses their own path. So, mm-hmm. you know, on the other hand, you and Sandra have had some great stuff together to uh, to play in the short time you've been working together. Uh, seeing as you're a recast yourself, although the specifics are quite different. Did that fact help you at all in, in, in helping her to make me feel comfortable in your scenes? Uh, Sandra's amazing. You know, it was kind of weird seeing Tico Santi's mom be my mom. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't even know she was Tico Santi's mom. Till, I mean, I, I remembered because Javier told me that uh-huh. I played that Tico Santi. Uh-huh. And, uh, and, then, and then I saw a scene they did together where, where I think he, he, he kills her. Yeah, because he ends up killing her, right? Uh-huh, yes. Javier showed me the scene, and I'm like, oh, that's right. You know, I don't really pay attention to a lot of the things that go on around me in my life. I just do my job and get out. <laughs> but she's great. She's awesome. She's a lot of fun. And I was really looking forward to more and more things together, but um, um, it hasn't happened, so. Wow. You know, I, I've heard from a couple of people that you are a very good ad-libber. Uh, how much latitude are you guys typically given when it comes to going off script? Uh, particularly when it comes to, you know, you speaking Spanish. I mean, that happens quite a bit, and I'm wondering how much latitude you get in, in kind of salt and peppering your own stuff into the script. Well, they're pretty good about letting us say certain things, but we don't get a lot of leeway. I mean, it, if if we had free, complete free range, I, I half the show would be, you know, um, Christian would be uh, kind of funny. But I, I get sarcastic. I'm, I'm a little bit sarcastic, and I always uh-huh. add sarcastic lines here and there, and most of the time they're like, no. Don't say it. And sometimes I'll say it, and they keep it, you know. And so, but uh, it depends depends how much time we have on the show, and, yeah. and I, I only take those risks if, if if you know we can we can spare the time. But most of the time, it's just come on, let's go, let's get it right. You know? When when it comes to you speaking Spanish on the show, do they write that for you, or do you do you add that yourself? They write sometimes stuff. I'll, I've been adding one or two things, but. I've always been a little hesitant to speak Spanish because uh, there's a there's a difference between you know Christians the Puerto Rican and there's uh-huh. a, there's a difference between the Cuban Spanish and the Puerto Rican Spanish. 
you know, early on, I didn't want to say a lot. They would write lines in Spanish, and I would just say them in English, because um, you, you know a Cuban when he speaks. You know, uh -huh. if you're if you're Latin and you hear a Cuban speak, that you know he's Cuban. So I didn't want to I didn't want to do that. But um, you know, I say the mommy and the little words, the little lines sure, yeah. that are simple. But uh, I, I I never I try to shorten the lines. <laughs> So have have Christian's artistic tendencies ignited any of your own in real life? I paint a little bit. I kind of started a couple of years ago, three years ago. I a friend bought me this little easel and wow and uh, and some paints, and I kind of started painting. But art is one of the, you kind of have to either have a room or have that easel with a canvas like just sitting there because it's not something that you pull out of the closet, you set up, you paint, and you put away. I had the easel out, and I did some paintings, and I painted a little bit because, you know, I would walk by it, just sit down for a little bit, paint, clean up, and go, and leave it there. But then I moved to a smaller apartment and didn't have any space, and I stopped. And now I moved into a new place at the beginning of the year, and I have the space. I just haven't set it up. But once I set it up, I know I'll, I'll, I'll do some painting again. So have, have we seen anything on the show of yours or no? No, 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 no. I'm Will we good. ever see anything on the show of yours? No, I'm not that good. <laughs> I just play, you know. I mean, I like it. I did it when I was younger. My brother's an artist, my, my uh, older brother. Wow. He's a really good artist. So, you know, I would see him paint, and, you know, we had this competition thing, so I'd be like, I can do that. <laughs> I try to paint a little bit. I was never as good, but, you know, some of my stuff is okay. You know, someone on the on the Kayla fans message board wanted me to ask you if you think Christian should reopen Lindsay's gallery, and I think that's a fabulous idea because that gallery – is one of the most striking, most beautiful sets I've ever seen on a soap. Sure, if it meant Christian would work a little on his paintings, that would be great, yeah. <laughs> if it meant Christian would make some money, that would be good, too. <laughs> if it meant Christian would have some power in Landview, that, I'd be all for it. Damn right. So uh, what do you do to unwind when you're not working? How do, you, how do you relax? How do you get out of your head? I work out. I just go to the gym and sweat it out. Get the bag. I'm a bit of a freak when it comes to the gym. How often do you? That's what. How, that's what I was going to ask you. How often do you work out? I mean, it's quite clear that you work out quite a bit. I work out every day. Uh, I, I mean, I Seriously? try to work out every day. Yeah, because you know, sometimes I'll I, I'll I'll be like, today's my day off. I'm going to take the day off. I'm going to relax, and I just start getting edgy. And I'm like, okay, I got to go to the gym. But I mean, I've gone through my my spells where where I just don't work out at all and gotten out of shape. And it's usually, I'm not. I'm usually not doing good when I'm not working out. But I, I have been doing it since I was 13 years old. So sure. It's part of my, it's part of my life. You know, that's what I was going to ask you. Is the fact that you're on television add to that at all, or is it just uh, ingrained in your in your personality and your makeup? It's me. You know, before I started doing the modeling thing, one of the first things my my girlfriend at the time took me to an agency, and, and the guy was like, "Well, you're too big. You know, you'll never fit into anything. You got to lose some weight." And it took like you know three or four months before I decided to lose the weight and bills started coming in and I I, I noticed that uh, I would only have like $40 for gas and everything in my pocket so I was like you know what I'm going to lose the weight and see if this works absolutely so I had to lose like I was 220 at one time and I went down to like uh, I lost like 30 pounds and then you yeah. know with what we do it's it's good to be in shape absolutely and, I mean you know, you know they, they require you to doff your shirt at least once a week it seems like yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> a little bit of, of of motivation i would think yeah yeah <laughs> you know when i well that's kind of how i started one life i mean i think that's probably what kept my job 
Just be in good shape. Because <laughs> I was so bad. <laughs> just have him take his shirt off. Just let him walk in there and have him take his shirt off. He'll be fine. <laughs> you know, you know so. those stories tend to, tend to kind of ebb and flow. Are you good with that, or are you the kind of actor who would rather be working five days a week? No, I'm good. I'm good. I, I don't – working five days, five days a week on, on a soap opera is – you're lifeless. Because, you know, at least – I can only speak for myself. I, I spend all weekend studying. It's, it's, it's kind of like you're having a test. I could never get used to memorizing lines uh, as easy as a lot of my co-stars. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, Aaron Torby used to pick up the script in the morning. I think she got nominated, uh, the, the reel she got nominated for, she, was, she picked it up that morning. And I remember clearly, she's like, I don't want to play this. I don't feel like being this today. Oh my she God. plays it and, you know, gets nominated for an Emmy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's had that, that, that photographic, you know, memory. I, I don't have that. Um, I have to, like, run my lines. You know, a lot of my ad-libbing comes from not knowing my lines. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I, you know, I've heard lots of soap actors say that that once they get the, you know, the general situation, the general drive of a scene in their heads, the lines just kind of come. Yeah, I mean that that would work uh, for I, I I think the average actor. If they're not my lines, if they're not my words, uh, English is my second language. I've never been a language person. Uh, math and science were my my things in school, and not. Uh, nothing to do with literature. I didn't start reading till I was 20 years old. Like really reading. You read in school, you read in college, but because sure. you had to, somebody was making you do it so you can get good grades. Uh-huh. Um, but I didn't start reading novels uh, till I was 20, so it was never something that I was used to. I think the fun part of acting is after you know the lines. It's not knowing the lines. Uh-huh. That's the worst part. <laughs> you know, I mean, um, I am a little. I, I've gotten a little better, but I. I wouldn't be able to pick up a script and just say it. Maybe play, maybe with Christian, yeah, because you know you kind of you repeat yourself a lot on daytime, and sure. you also kind of live the life when you've been there long enough. So you, you kind of know where the character's coming from and what he's doing. So that all that all comes easy. You know, it's great what you say though about about you know the uh, the fun part being after you know the lines because you, you know the lines give you complete freedom in a way because now it's now it's all about what you do with the lines. Right. Yeah, I mean, acting is, you know, when I was in uh, in Paris and I, I studied, it was a French class. I mean, the teacher was English, um, but she spoke mostly in French. She really wanted me to learn French. And so I I didn't understand a lot, what she, a lot of what she was saying. You know, I would later on get together with her and kind of go over the class. But I kind of just picked things up from watching people. And my best thing to do, my best exercises were the ones where I just kept silent. And I just react or or just try to communicate without saying a word because I couldn't say a word in French. <laughs> and it just, that gave me a freedom. It's almost like uh, it was it's fun to be a mute, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, talking kind of along those lines, how accessible are Frank and Ron to you? I mean, are you close enough with them to, you know, go and talk to them about future storylines or about what's going on? Or Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they make me feel comfortable enough to, and I talk to Ron every time I run into him. Or Frank. Frank is super cool too. I just don't, you know. I don't really. Um, I, it's it's not my place, you know. If if I have an objection about something that's written about Christian or something that's out of character or or something in the scene that I, I don't think is is right about the character, I'll I'll bring it up to him and I'll, and then I'll offer some changes, you know. But always, you know, staying within the context of what the scene is about or sure. where the scene is going. As far as like future story, I, I never really, I'm, I'm 
not the kind of person to go up there and say, what's going on? You're going to write for me? What's the deal? <laughs> I kind of let things, things happen for a reason. You know, I don't like to push uh, life. <laughs> you know, if I'm, whatever's happening right now, it's supposed to happen. And, you know, I take care of my own business. I, I get busy with my own business. And, Absolutely. And just show up to work. You know, not, not to say that other soaps aren't the same way, but my, my sense is, my perception is that, that One Life is a really tight-knit cast. You know, you've seen some you've seen some great times on that show, and you've seen some horrific times on that show. Uh, talk to me about the morale there right now. You know, the stories are clicking. There's not really a weak link in the cast right now on balance. How is how is life in Landview these days? Well, I don't think I'm there enough to to uh, uh, know about the morale <laughs> and know how life is. Uh, but you know, it everybody that works usually. Uh, um, Groups of, of of actors uh, are, are we just go there to have fun, you know? And and the crew, they're just fun guys. We like to laugh. I mean, the crew is standing there for you know twelve, thirteen hours a day. The camera guys, you know, electricians, carpenters, and all that. So we interact with them a lot, and it's all about having fun. I mean, yeah, you have people. Some people have bad days here and there. That's normal. For the most part, you know, I've always tried to have fun, and everybody I've worked with. You know, everybody you've seen me on TV with, I, I've always had fun. So I, I think that's the general feeling in One Life once you get on set. Excellent. Are you guys looking forward to the big studio move coming up? Only if I can store my bike inside the studio. Because <laughs> it's right by the water, man. And we're going to go in there in the winter, and it sucks. I live by there, and that wind just kills you. <laughs> so I usually walk to work, so I, I, it's a little far, farther now. So I, I, I'm really hoping that I can take my bike inside the studio. You know, you have done you've done films and you've done various other television work. Once you get used to the grind of soap opera where it's, you know, it's lightning fast and as we said, you better damn well get it in one take. You know, once you've got your brain in that mindset, especially since you started on soaps, is it difficult to to kind of go off and do other things where the pace is almost I don't know, almost glacial compared to your day job? Well, I haven't done a lot of other work, but, you know, the film that I did, uh, it, it was like, it was heaven, it was like Disney World, because everything just, it was just so relaxed and happy, and, and, and even though we went at a fast pace, because we shot the film in, like, 20-something days, uh-huh. um, it was, compared to One Life, it was like, you know, walk in the park, and it was just, you know, you get to work on a lot more, more things with the, with the character and with your, uh, and with your co-stars. Uh, One Life, everybody's there, they, they, they know their characters, they're, we run them, we work on it a little bit, but it's not as intense. I did a little thing on um, Law and Order, very small little part, and I remember thinking, being really excited about it. You know, I, wait, I got there on time, and I waited and waited and waited, and then when we showed up, we had to haul ass because of the light. And uh, it, I was like, it kind of got caught me off guard. I was like, what? What? Wow. I thought we were going like, to take our time here. So <laughs> Law and Order, I, and I heard from a, uh, some other actors that it's fast, too. But yeah, one life. I mean, daytime definitely prepares you for for anything. I think. No question about it. For what we do, it's you know, like if if you do a play, you rehearse and rehearse and rehearse and mm-hmm. rehearse and rehearse, and then you go on, and then you go on, you know, every day or uh, for so many months. So it, it, it you have a lot more time to work on the character, to work on your choices, and to have fun. One life is uh, hopefully you get it in one take, so the fun doesn't last. You do it, and it's that's it. <laughs> Can we do it again? No, no, we're going. We're moving. Come on, next set. I know that. I know that you are. Uh, you know, you, you said you're shy, and I know that you're a reasonably private guy. And my sense is that you you work pretty hard to maintain that. 
is that a difficult thing to pull off when you do what you do when you're one of the male leads on a popular soap opera and you end up in people's homes, you know, five full days a week? Is it is it hard for you to kind of maintain that privacy a little bit? No, you know, I'm, I just I just live my life, man. If somebody recognizes me in the street, I say hello, you know, introduce myself, bye, you know. I've I've never had any crazy experiences. Um, uh, I think if you just stay grounded and stay normal, you know, just because you're on TV, you're nothing. So what? It's a job, you know. I mean, it's flattering when people come up to you and they mention, you know, something that you did or. or I, I love the character, or, or you know, uh-huh. just when they show admiration, you you kind of. You feel good, you know, about yourself. But I just, you know, keep walking and do what I got to do, you know. Don't think about it too much. It's, I, I don't think I've changed anything. I don't think anything's any different in my life. Just, you know, you get used to it and and, and you're cool. I don't hide from people. I don't... I think when you do that, you kind of become more of a target. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And you start to buy your own hype a little bit, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, you know, you... You go through your stages. When I started One Life, I was on TV, but, you know, I was so bad and I was having such a hard time <laughs> that I didn't really feel proud of what I did. So to be called a star all of a sudden, I kind of hid more because I'm like, are you kidding me? You didn't buy that, did you? And um, and, and I think I think because of that, it, it made me be a little more humble and, and accept, uh, kind of accept it all. But... Um, do you do you talking about that? Do you remember when you first had a sense of okay, I can I can do this now. I've got this. Or was it just you know was there a moment or was there just kind of a general evolution? No, I, I would have my days when I was like, okay, I got it. I think I got it. But then tomorrow something else would happen. I'm like, don't I don't have it. Shit, <laughs> stress again, and then you feel comfortable. And and then I found myself working so hard, so hard, and and, and it was kind of working against me because the bottom line was I needed to relax. And that was very hard for me to do in one life. And it took a really long time for me to relax. No matter how much I prepared, no matter how ready I was, I, I didn't relax. And you have to relax. You know, it's kind of, you, you can't be so tense and nervous. And, and I would know my script in and I could spit the other person's lines out. But, wow. you know, once I got on set, it was like, it's the tension, man. It yeah. was hard. It was like I was jinxed or something. I don't know. But, you know, eventually it just kind of happened, and, you know, I still don't feel. I have days where, especially if you don't work a lot, you show up on set and you're not really used to it, and and uh, you don't care too much about what's going on because you have nothing, and you kind of take it a little bit for granted, and, and you, you, you kind of screw up, screw up, and then you feel bad about what you just did, and you can't do it again because that's good enough for them, and, and that's fine, you know. Wow. It's, it's weird. It's, it's very weird. You know, did, leaving the show and coming back, did that help you a little bit in terms of feeling more relaxed on set and, you know, what you were just talking about, you know, feeling more more confident in your ability? Did that did that help you at all? Yeah, well, leaving the show and coming back, me, I was I was hungry when I got back. And I was really <laughs> hungry to work. And it's amazing because, you know, I've always been, like, acting to me has always been a job. It's, 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 it's become a passion, but it was just something that I was doing, you know, to make ends meet. Actors are fortunate because if you really think about it, all we're doing is play make-believe for a living. So we are little kids running around acting like we're different people. And, you know, I, 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 when I left the show and didn't do much and had a series of events in my life where I just didn't do anything, 
um, coming back was like I, I realized, you know, I, I really do have a passion for this. You know, like I love this. I need to do this. I, I think you could ask any actor, why do you do what you do? And it's just because it's in them. You have to do it. You have to perform. It, 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 it's like a high, you know. I, I only I could only equate it to working out, you know, just killing myself and feeling like you're going to pass out. And then you just sit there and you're so relaxed and you have your endorphins just kicking in your body and it just feels so good. It's like a drug. Absolutely. So, you know, that's, that's where the passion came. Yeah, I, I, I have to agree with you. When I got back, it's when I realized this is, here's my passion for what I want, what I, uh, what I'm doing. Before that was just, first of all, survival, just trying to get, you know, trying to believe what I'm saying and have Absolutely. people believe me. And hope and, I don't get fired today. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Hope I still have a job, yeah. and then and then you you kind of just it becomes about survival. I think the first three years on one life, first three years on one life was all survival, and then the next two were, you know, were just I worked so much that then I realized okay, it's it's okay not to work all the time on daytime. Uh-huh. You 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 can actually have a life if you don't work every day. When you work every day, I mean it's great. You know you're 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 doing what you love, but. There's, there's a, for me, there's a tipping point where, okay, it becomes too much. Uh-huh. Like, you don't do anything else but study, you know. I go on vacation, and I had to bring all my scripts with me because um, I, when, I got, when I got back, I had a week of, you know, do the math, like 200 pages of script. So I would have to read on the beach or read in Florida, wherever I was. Uh-huh. I'd have to read and study. And I'm not a big reader. <laughs> Even now. It's, fun. it's funny. It's um, John Brotherton, you know John Brotherton that uh, plays uh, Jared, yeah. Jared, right? Yeah. It's, we have this one thing in common. We always take books on us on vacation. Like we pack the books, and you have, you know, because I'll read a book and then I'll stop and I'll get into another book and then I and then I'll feel guilty and I'll go back to the other book. Yeah. You know, unless the book is extremely good, uh-huh. do I stick with it? You know, sometimes I just sit for days until I finish the book. But usually on vacation, I'll, I'll pack one or two books and I, and I say to myself, um, I'll read this on vacation. Great. Never read the book. I always pack books, bring them home, and never read a book on vacation. John Brotherton, a couple months ago, we were hanging out. He was telling me the same thing. I do the same thing. I take the books. I never read them. <laughs> Funny. Tell me how it feels to know that your work has resonated so with your fans and has inspired such you know rabid, ferocious devotion from them. I mean, you have entire blogs and message boards and websites dedicated solely to you and Christian and Christian's relationships. I mean, it must be a great thrill. It is, you know, and and especially since, you know, when I left the show, you know, One Life has always called me to come back, and, you know, that's because of the fans. Because, you know, like like I said before, you know, I started the show and I was all of a sudden a star. I didn't even know what I was doing. I mean, it was, it was, it was I was so bad. And here are people calling me stars, and here I have fans that admire my work, and I didn't understand any of that. I didn't know how to cope with it. Like, I don't get, most of the time I was like, I don't get you people. I, I stopped. <laughs> What, do you th- what did you believe? Because I didn't believe myself. And, you know, leaving the show and then having One Life call me so many times to come back on the show um, and then the letters that I got and the petitions, and it was, it was awesome. I'm like, wow, you know, I really was, I, at least towards the end I did a good job because now they want me back. <laughs> so it made me feel good about what I do. And, 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 of course, you feel great. You feel flattered. But, like, you know, I, I, I see One Life. Um, or acting as a job, and if I make people believe what the writers write, then that's enough for me, you know. And that means I'm doing my job. 
could you have possibly dared to dream that you'd still be walking in Christian shoes 11 years after you took this job? I mean, could you have fathomed it? No. No, I, I, no. You know, I, I, you know, 36, and I think I gave up on that part in life. You never know where you're going to be the next day. So I don't, like, I have, I have certain goals that I set for myself, but I kind of take one day at a time. And, you know, you, 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 it's like, um, I don't explain it. It's like planning. I just planned a vacation like a couple, couple weeks ago. Uh-huh. I was going to take off for a few days and um, uh, set this trip up to St. Martin. My buddy lives in St. Martin. And so we booked the trip and all that. And, you know, I haven't really working, but I didn't get the schedule for that week. And I thought, you know what? I'm not going to work. That's what happens. I worked the two days that I booked. Uh-huh. So you can't really make too many plans. <laughs> you know, I told Melissa, I said, you know, next time we're just going to take off. To like tomorrow, we'll leave, <laughs> and then that's it, and that's how we'll take vacations. Because <laughs> it's it's kind of been the uh, what's been happening this whole year. Every time I plan something, it just doesn't doesn't happen. So no plans for the future. Just yeah, kind of you know what's the old saying? Life is what happens when you're busy making plans. So exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, half the time that you you know you you set certain goals in your life and you 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 aspire to be certain things and you and you work hard to be something, and most of the time you end up being something totally different. Damn or right. doing something totally different. <laughs> it's a lot better than when you originally planned, you know, because I believe that hard work brings in good things. It's just that good thing is not necessarily what you, what you imagined it would be. And sometimes you have to be smart enough just to get out of your own way. Exactly. Yeah. So what would you like to see develop for Christian and Layla in the new year? I mean, you know, I know that... I know that happiness is the kiss of death on a soap, but does some part of you hope that this is the relationship that'll take? I mean, you've been you've been down this true love road many times now as Christian. I, I love working with Tika. Um, she's one of my really uh, one of my really close friends, and uh, and I hope they write some interesting stuff for us. You know, I'm, I kind of I kind of I, I like the whole supporting thing. You know, when you're just kind of it's other people going through the to the mess, and you're kind of just there, either making fun of it or helping them. <laughs> So I kind I kind of like that better. <laughs> so you know, I hope she goes through a lot, and I'm there <laughs> to do something or say something. Uh, how much know. fun is she to work with? I mean, she's one of the most gorgeous women on the planet. I mean, yeah, she's she's gorgeous. She's and awesome. a great actress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she, you know, she works hard, and, and I just, I just, I, I love busting her chops. <laughs> I, I just love making fun of Tika and having fun with Tika. And, yeah, that's kind of my personality. I'm a little sarcastic. <laughs> <laughs> so what's on the horizon for David Fumero? Anything new and exciting coming down the pike? Well, we've got Christmas coming up. That's first. And then uh, hopefully plan something big for the new year where I can drink a lot. And uh, <laughs> so far, that's all I have planned, man. <laughs> we'll see what happens next year. Well, I tell you what, it was a great thrill having you on the show tonight, and I, like I said, I really appreciate you taking a little bit of your time to gab with me about all this mindless stuff. Of course, man. Anytime you bring me, you're easy. <laughs> Please tell your lovely bride that we miss her terribly as bitchy bangs on One Life. She, uh, she might be, well, I don't know if I'm supposed to say that, but there's, that she might, she might be, uh, she might be doing a little thing on One Life I coming see. up. Yeah, so maybe I just kind of screwed up here, but there you go. <laughs> You might be coming back for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you what, before, before I let you go, could I get you to do a promo for my show? Sure. As long as it includes the words David Fumero and Brandon's Buzz, 
anything else you say is totally up to you. Uh, hi, this is Dave Romero, and you're going to love buzzing with Brandon's Buzz. Fantastic. Thank you so, so, so much. You're very welcome, bro. You've been great. <laughs> Thank, Thank you very you, much. Man. Likewise. And uh, just let me know any time, man. I certainly will. Me and if you ever want me to come back on. Certainly will. I look forward to it. All right, brother. You take care. You're man. welcome here anytime. All right, bye-bye. The fantastic David Fumero, everybody, on Brandon's Buzz. Brandon's Buzz in the can for Tuesday, November 8th, 2000, or December 8th, I'm sorry, my God, December 8th, 2009. Uh, don't have anything firm yet, but I'm I'm pulling together a, a nice December slate for you guys, so so stay tuned to the websites, uh, and quickly I'll tell you what they are. Brandon'sBuzz.com is my blog. Uh, there's a full radio archive at the top of the page. Just click on the blue radio button there. And uh, uh, that'll take you to a page where you can see all of my dates and all of my guests. You can click on each date. That will take you to a page where you can see the great banners that my pal Joanne makes to help me advertise the show. And you can listen to the corresponding show. So that's, that's at my blog, brandonsbuzz.com. I'm also at blogtalkradio.com slash brandonsbuzz. That's kind of mission control for the show. From there, you can listen to the show. You can listen to old shows. You can download old shows. You can see what's coming up on the show, what is on the show. You can leave comments. You can send emails. It's absolutely fantastic. It's kind of mission control for Brandon's Buzz, blogtalkradio.com slash Brandon's Buzz. Uh, you can also find me at iTunes. I'm on iTunes, guys. Just type in Brandon's Buzz in the iTunes Music Store search box. Scroll down to the podcast section. Click on my logo. From there, you can uh, either download individual old shows as podcasts, or you can subscribe to the show and have new episodes automatically download to your library the minute they're uploaded to the music store. So I'm all, I'm all over the Internet. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. I'm Brandon's Buzz on both of those things. I'm on iTunes. I'm all over the place. Google the words Brandon's Buzz, and something will pop up that points you in my direction. And uh, I appreciate you guys coming in my direction. I appreciate you guys finding me and listening to me and listening to the show. And I hope you continue finding and listening to Brandon's Buzz. Hi, everybody out there. This is Eileen Kristen, and I have just been on Brandon's Buzz. This is a great show and a very sophisticated mind. So spread the word, Brandon's Buzz. This is Claire Massey from Tammy Show, and you're listening to Brandon's Buzz. Great guy. Great show. Check hey it out. Hey, guys. This is Brett Claywell from One Life to Live, and you're listening to Brandon's Buzz. Hi. This is Lynn Herring on Brandon's Buzz. It's the great entertainment talk show on now. Brandon, I love you. Thanks for having me. So <laughs> if you feel that you just can't take it, and your world isn't what it seems, don't forget that life can be what you make it. Baby, when you live on a street of dreams. Hey, this is Nia Peoples, and you're with Brandon's Buzz, the place to be. Hi, everybody. This is Nicholas Walker. Merci à vous tous. Écoutez Brandon Buzz sur Blog Talk Radio. Bonsoir et à très bientôt. <laughs> <laughs> 